Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And I'm Bob. And I'm Father Dave. And it's great to have you back. It's good to be home. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to be home. No, we're... You probably didn't notice that we lost an hour this weekend because you were already dealing with other significant time changes. Yeah, one of the friars said, "Oh, you got you're so lucky you got back from Europe <laughs> and you didn't have daylight." Like, really, I don't understand it all though. Like you oh, know, we're touching no about it. It's this. I don't. Yeah. So they said it must be such an advantage. It's like, really? Is it? Spring forward now. Eight right. hours. We lose an hour. Lag, yeah. So I only lose six hours. Yeah, you got an extra or hour. I feel better. <laughs> something tells <laughs> maybe me maybe you still, lost one. Yeah, I'm not. So, I I have no idea how. Something it works. tells me I still got ripped off. All and right. are we still in? Are we in daylight savings time or is daylight savings time over? I don't know what the actual. Like, is this right? Or, I mean, or are we on borrowed time? It no, really drives me crazy. I just want to move to Arizona and not worry about it. We are not. <laughs> this is pathetic. We are in daylight savings time. So we're saving no, we're the time now. Time. We're in normal time right now. <laughs> I don't you know. know. Uh, this is pathetic, and this is going out there, and everybody's out there <laughs> saying, okay, Every, these guys. Everybody knows the answer. Father Chris O'Connor, a good friend, uh, comes to the conferences, and a good friend of mine, he listens to the podcast. Hey, Father Chris. And this reminds me, I can hear his voice just saying, why don't you guys just Google stuff? That's like, what you do guys right have now. conversations it's almost as if we don't do any prep for this show. We do, but we just don't do that kind of prep. Exactly. Okay, so are we in daylight savings? Um, <laughs> yes, we are. Yes, yes. So thank you, everybody. Thanks. Yeah, there uh, we that go. Was, that was two minutes of your life that you didn't need to lose and you won't ever get back. Just like the hour of your life, you I guess you will get it back. The worst thing about it for me, Monday morning with the kids is just... I mean, it's dark out. You're trying to wake them up. They're like, it's dark out. I'm like, yeah, it's daylight savings time. And yeah, it's- Explain it's, that to them. Yeah, I don't. I Well, as well as I did with you. Yeah. So, but yeah, you're back and that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. And how was the rest of your trip? The rest of it was was great. I mean, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll probably continue just talking. I'm going to actually do some writing about the Iraq experience there. It was just, it was really, really transformative. and. Mm. Just, you know, I talked a lot about just the blessings of of the community there, the Christian faith there, the Holy Father. I shared at the homily at Mass yesterday. In one sense, okay, I've, I've seen the Holy Fathers, you know, Pope John Paul, Benedict, Francis, I don't know, probably 50 papal audiences. Okay. But there was something about— Do you get like a badge every time you do, or is it like I've, a nick I've, on the I've habit? Got little, I've got a little tattoo on the yeah, inside of my, of my upper shoulder. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah, nice. It goes with the game, you know. But uh, yeah, so, but again, there was just something with that particular community when the Holy Father entered into the, you know, to the arena with the the people, just their excitement, their passion. So it was great. But the other things that were just fantastic, I mean, one of the things that was just so beautiful is is the hospitality of the people. I mean, everywhere we went, I, I received gift after gift after gift, which is in my suitcase, which is somewhere between here and Frankfurt, by the way. You don't have your suitcase. No, I don't have it. We, we show up in uh, Newark and no suitcases in any of our group. And so <laughs> oh. they, they tracked them and they said, uh, we don't know if they've left Vienna yet. Oh my gosh. So that's that's fun. So I'm wearing this habit that has holes in it. Well, I'm going to say, don't you just have a, a closet of habits? Well, I don't have a closet of habits. I mean, I've got a couple of habits, but are yeah. They, are they in your closet? 
Yes, but well. they're not the only thing in my closet, <laughs> all right? But this one is I got holes in it if you're oh, watching yeah. online. So the student said it's the distressed look. You know, the, oh, yeah. the, the students like ripped, wear, jeans. ripped jeans and stuff. They said that's totally in Can you acid so, wash it a little bit? Then I don't you go know what totally that means. 80s. It's like the know. white stain kind of vibe. I could. I yeah. could look into it. Yeah, look, look into, into that. It. Yeah. So yeah. my luggage is supposed to show up sometime today, so that's a blessing. But there are just funny things that happen. So I've been tested for COVID more times in the last week because every airport you have to have test. Every country. I was I went yeah. from Austria, I mean to Iraq to Austria. What the, kind of test? Like the nasal? Well, like it depends on where you are. Or? It depends oh, okay. on where you are. Iraq. So this was a total scam. All right. So we land in Iraq and the first thing they do is they put us in a line and they say, we're doing COVID tests on everybody. It's like, I have a COVID test right here from the United States. <laughs> no, no, no. We do our own. I'm sure you do. So they said, well, what do we need to do? 45 bucks. So everybody lays down 45 bucks. And then they come over and they go, your name, name. So and then they said a phone number. They didn't say anything. They just said a phone number. So I gave them the phone number. What to Domino's Pizza, right? Yeah. So five 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 right right right, right, right. nine one one. Yeah. Right. So and then they come up like with this Q tip, and they just kind of waft it around your nose, and they put it in a in a test tube, and they said, "We'll let you know if it's positive." I said, <laughs> "I'm sure you will. I'm right. sure you will." They'll track you down yeah, vigorously exactly, exactly. in the middle so, of the mass. That's right. Airport yo, yo. guy. Hey, hey, you, you. Oh, right now. <laughs> that's right. So it was just we just. At first, we were kind of frustrated, and then we just laughed at it. But And then we went on to Gomming, and Gomming, Austria, for, for those who uh, aren't aware, we the Franciscan University has a study abroad program, and our students have the just great, great blessing and grace to be able to study in a Carthusian monastery built in 1342 in Gomming, Austria, about 90 minutes uh, from Vienna. And it's just... Is the most I spent three years there. It's the most beautiful. Charming. Oh, that's right. You were like the dean there for a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah I was, right. I was. So we spent a couple of days there, just meeting with the faculty and staff, and and you know, obviously we haven't had a program there, so they're kind of stir crazy. So they're, they're just like <laughs> new people to talk to. Now, so did I hear great. that like the Austrian government is essentially just paying for them to be there? Yeah, it's or? unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. Everybody, everybody in their country. I don't see how how they can afford the amount of. Um, social aid and stuff they give to the country. It's just, well, it's going to break the European Union, but we'll deal with that another oh, day. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. But, um, yeah, but thankfully our employees are having yeah, their jobs and are still being paid and they're doing well. And, and it's just, it's really, really beautiful place. And and to that end, just a heads up for those of you who are in Gaming or anybody actually who would like to experience Gaming, we're doing, it's our 30th anniversary this summer. So we're going to do a reunion on July 1st to the 9th. So if you're interested in, in, in being able to go back to Gaming or go to Gaming, yeah, go to our website, gaminguewantogo.com. <laughs> I don't, I, don't, I, don't know. I don't think that's accurate. I don't know exactly. Just go to franciscan.edu, and I'm know. sure you, if you just type in the Austria Austrian experience, okay. if I believe, if I, if I remember that it correctly. Could be. That might My, be. We wanted to go to it. It's just not going to work out, unfortunately. I was trying to get like a music gig to go, so like somebody would pay my way. Why don't you go and teach there sometime? They don't have hamburgers. You're actually the one that dissuaded me. You said that I would hate the food. That's true. Yeah. Speaking of food, what was with the bacon grief you gave me last week? I didn't want to go there because I felt like we had a pastoral moment about suffering people in Iraq. But now that we're well removed from yeah, that. Yeah, we are. Uh, did you have bacon in Iraq? Did no. you ever find any? No, lots of meat. I, you, you'd be, uh, maybe you wouldn't be. Lots of meat, lots of grilled meat, lots of vegetables, hummus. Uh, yeah, but not bacon. Not no, bacon? Not once, no. No. So – how much bacon do I need to eat for you to believe I really love bacon? Like how no, many I, times I a day do I need I, to eat bacon? Oh, I know you love bacon. Oh, okay. Don't. 
Well, last time you were questioning if I was no, sincere about it. Well, no, no. I, I, and few things no, no, cut no, to no, my no, heart like that. Time out. I was not questioning your sincerity of love of bacon. I would never do that. I, okay. would, I was questioning everything else in your life. <laughs> well, that's totally reasonable then. Sorry, I completely misunderstood that. Yeah, a fool, only a fool would question your love of bacon. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, hey, this is exciting. Speaking of Franciscan, um, we are looking forward to welcoming you to conferences. It's going to be so great. Oh, praise God. Seriously, it's going to be so great. There's such a a blessing and grace to the university. So to be able to have those back this summer, I I just can't wait. And being a people of hope, uh, we believe uh, through these conferences, Jesus wants to pour his hope and love into our hearts. So I'm, uh, these are the adult conferences. We have youth conferences as well. Mm -hmm. I'll be leading as usual the worship for all of the adult conferences, which will be great. And you're going to be at a number of them, right? Be at the Power Power and Purpose, which is a great conference. Yeah, Yeah, that's our opening one. I was going to say, if you've never been to a conference at Franciscan University, I think that's one of the best conferences we do now. It's just really a great time of encountering Jesus, coming to know his love, his power. Yeah, Yeah. wonderful speakers, great energy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Priest Deacon Seminarians Conference. I'll be at that one. Yeah, that's a Monday through Friday and, uh, you know, one of my favorite conference experiences. You know, this will be my last Best conference as a layperson. As a layperson. God willing, as as a layperson. You're always supposed to say God willing. Yeah, you never know. You never yeah, know. Jenny could say no, and that's the end of it. Because the, wi- the wife has yeah. to give permission. So. Yeah, we need to, let, let's talk about that whole process, one of these. One okay, of these that sounds cool. But anyway, in the meantime... Priest Deacon Seminarians Conference, mm-hmm. uh, the Bosco Conference uh, for catechists, religious educators, evangelists, youth ministers. Do you have to be? A, do you have to actually be working as a catechist to do that, or is anybody can come? Just to that? Vol- if you're a volunteer, if you're involved in ministry, it's a Monday through Thursday conference in July, and uh, a lot of the focus is how has our ministry changed in this wake of COVID. Oh, that's cool. That's uh, really cool. A lot of focus on new evangelization because. I mean, I'm sure once the bishops say, all right, everybody come back to Mass, there'll be a flood of people, right? I mean, I think we all know that that's probably not the case. We can pray. And, um, and I think it's a great opportunity for the church to say, ooh, we need to reach out, you know, and we need to do more. So that's going to be the focus of that conference. And then at the end of July, uh, a wonderful couple days, Applied Biblical Studies, mm-hmm. which is just a great scholarly insightful conference hosted by Dr. Scott Hahn and others. And then we conclude the summer with Defending the Faith, uh, hosted by Scott Hahn and a number of other great uh, yeah. great speakers. I don't yeah, know if you're going to be, great. sometimes you pop in at the end there. I do, I do. Oh, great. Yeah. So anyway, uh, registration now open, just opened today. Giddy uh, up. And uh, St. Patrick's Day. Woo, we'll talk Ooh, about that talk, in a second. Oh my gosh. Uh, but let's learn about our, you can learn more about our adult conferences at steubenvilleconferences.com. That's steubenvilleconferences.com. And you can see what picture they have of me because it's one of those things that I always send in like a new picture yeah. and it's always the picture like when I was in 97 playing Behold the Lamb. You know, doing something just like suspenders, that. no shirt. Pretty much, it's nice. like playing the saxophone. Nice. Um, happy St. Patrick's Day! Thanks. What do you do for St. Patrick's Day? Well, my wife makes corned beef, and so what do you do? I for have hamburger. <laughs> you know, my wife is. Uh, my wife loves days like uh, just loves to celebrate. Um, yeah. She. Uh, 
our basement is filled with tubs of different decorations. And so we just went through the, the Valentine's Day decorations, put those away, had the St. Patrick's Day decorations after today, those are going to go away. The Easter decorations will come out. Whoa. She That's always, a little quick on the draw. Well, it's happening. It's happening Do you have like quickly. Holy Week decorations? Uh, you know, we just kind of like have a lot of blood and nails everywhere. Okay. But that's actually what the house normally looks like. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I don't know Seriously. if that's... How do you know any different? Exactly. So, um, yeah, she, you know, we do the little candy thing. She buys like really cheap and silly, you know, green glasses and all the all the crazy kitsch. And, uh, but it's a lot of fun. I'm actually 100% Irish. Uh, all of my lineage goes back there. She's about 50% Irish. So I guess our kids are 75% Irish. I don't do math. But we have a great time. It's a wonderful day. Have you ever been to Ireland? I have. Not not enough. I've only been a couple like times. Well, well, take away the soccer. Do you like Ireland? Well, they don't really have the soccer. Wait, take away the beer? Yeah, that's, yeah it's kind of like <laughs> taking away bacon from your life. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah. what's the point? Yeah. I've only been around Dublin. I okay. haven't done okay. you the haven't island. Seen Ireland. I haven't no, seen no. Ireland. And now, you've been to Ireland. I have a couple you've times. You've been everywhere. It's gorgeous. Yeah. I really, Ireland really is so beautiful, yeah. but I, I get, you do need to get out of Dublin. To, I mean, Dublin's really cool, right? And and to be able to see some of the but sights, it's a there. city. It is. It is. You get to the countryside, and, and I think you get a better sense of Ireland. Last time I was in Ireland, I was there for the World Meeting of Families. Oh, that's right. That's I, right. I was invited out there by a group, and uh, we have a priest who comes to our priest deacon seminarians conference, Father Father Seamus, and it. Father Seamus is amazing. He's in his eighties. He is he uh, from Tucson? No, that's Father Liam. Father no, no, Liam. no. Like Father Seamus is just. Ireland. I mean, no, he Father, lives Liam, in Ireland. Father Liam was from Ireland, but w- works in Tucson. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Well, no, Father Seamus is in Ireland, lives in Ireland, works in Ireland, and pops over. Has he ever been to Tucson? <laughs> I don't know. I'll okay. have to, I'll have to ask do. him. I'll ask him about that next time. But he's in his 80s. He's one of those, you know, he, he looks like, he, I guess he's in his 80s, but he looks like he's in his 60s, kind of the inverse of you. Exactly. That's what um, I was, exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Especially today. I've got like these. I don't know, like allergy or something going on. It's really yeah. You, know. you sound great. Thanks. So, uh, but <coughs> actually, when I was out there, it was a bit. It was a little sad. I mean, he was one of those guys that he was a high school seminarian. What he has seen in Ireland. Oh, oh my gosh, it's heartbreaking. I mean, like you know, he said, yeah, when I was younger, I was in a seminary of high school students, and you know, I mean, he was ordained. He's been ordained over fifty years, and it's it's really heartbreaking to see how quickly the culture changed in yeah, Ireland. And yeah. sadly, we're starting to see some of that here in the United States. Yeah, that's really true. I mean, it's re- I, I heard recently, well, not recently, but in the last couple of years that I'm not even positive if there's a seminary. I think they kept a seminary open just because the thought of not having a seminary in Ireland was just, but there's just no vocations. Yeah. The church is just struggling tremendously. Mercy. I mean, if nothing else today on St. Patrick's Day, pray for the, for the people yeah. in Ireland. But so, uh, like, when you were in Ireland, you you like Guinness is the beer of choice for you, correct? Yeah, my beer choices are Guinness or Michelob Ultra. They're so similar, too. <laughs> well, I often go to a restaurant and I ask if they have Guinness on tap. And if they say no, I say, great, I'll have a Michelob Ultra. And for some reason, I get a look from the waitress like, well, that... <laughs> like the one I'm giving you right now. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Yeah. Like, you know, I actually... Um, at one point, Father Stan Fortuna mm-hmm. in, invited me to do something in Belfast with him. And I thought to myself, oh, shoot, I need to, 
I need to drink Guinness. I didn't actually drink any beer before that. I didn't, you know, I, I joked earlier, but it's true. I didn't start drinking until I got married. And so I had wine in Rome. And then a couple of years later, I thought I had this opportunity. So you I haven't stopped since. And I, so I, I'm like, I'm just going to stomach down drinking Guinness. Cause I didn't like the taste of beer at all and just drank it and not like chugged it, but I just got used to it and I really started to like it. And then the gig got canceled, but I had a love of Guinness after good. that. Good. Yeah. Good. I like Smittics. Oh, yeah. Irish spirit. That's a really, really good beer. That's what yeah, I'm Yeah, that is good. But we probably, St. Patrick's Day just isn't about beer. What, why is it that the United States is so obsessed? Like in Ireland, they're not as obsessed about St. Patrick's Day as we are. Well, it's the same thing. Like in Mexico, they're not as obsessed about Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> Cinco de Mayo. I mean, we just have a weird we American. Like to we like to celebrate and we like to find a cultural excuse to get trashed. I think okay. that's right. I think that's just right. part of the that American way. I mean, like really think about it. Like, what are you doing Happy Cinco de Mayo? You drink Corona. Let's what are you doing St. Patrick's? Yeah, let's have Guinness. You know, oh, we just change beers. Yeah. That's all we do. You're not wrong. Yeah. Not wrong. I remember when I was a novice, it was St. Patrick's Day. And I mean, all we wear is black. So nobody right. knows if we're wearing green or not. You can't tell what I'm wearing. <laughs> So I thought it would be funny to, t I took a green cincture that they used, you know, during the seasons of, so ordinary time, right. I'd wear a green cincture and I put it on instead of my cord. I thought it was hysterical. Mm. How did, how did your superiors think about that? You didn't that? think it was as funny as Not I as did. Not as funny as you. I remember Father Mike, my novice master kind of looked at me like, what are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the story of St. Patrick is so inspiring. If you don't know it, um, St. Patrick wasn't Irish, interestingly enough. He was sold in slavery to Ireland, to the Druids. And um, after he got free, They're he in was, Star Wars, aren't they? Yeah, they are. That's yeah, so exactly. And um, the Jawas. Mm -hmm. And um, as, they, as he was set free, he was in, he sent back as a missionary. So he was sent back to the very people he was in slavery to, mm -hmm. and he preached the gospel to them. That's cool. Yeah, it's really, you know, it's just really an amazing story of faith. When you tell it, it reminds me of one of our friars who was arrested uh, for abortion, uh, protesting and praying in front of abortion clinics. Yeah. And he was arrested and spent some time in jail. And they let him out and he literally went out to his car, he put on his habit and went back and ministered to the people that he just been with. <laughs> I thought that was just a really wow. cool image, a really, really cool image. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's cool. Yeah, I think, you know, we kind of focus on, actually, we just focus on St. Patrick's Day. And like you said, it's corned beef and it's beer and it's right. green. In, in Chicago, don't they turn the river green or something they like do. that? They do. Yeah, they just- I don't understand that, how yeah. that happens. Yeah, what I don't understand is how it can't be blue the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah they, they just do. they just dye it green and- you're right. It becomes kind of a hedonistic celebration, yeah. and you can't imagine St. Patrick is up there really being thrilled with it. Like, Here go, boys. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But it, it is, it's something for us to think about. Like you said, just the stories. He gets lost in it. As St. Valentine's gets lost yeah. in St. Valentine's, as Jesus gets lost in Christmas, it's, it's probably a good idea for us to bear in mind what we're about. Yeah. And, you know, the bigger liturgical feast this week is St. Joseph. Yeah. You know, yeah. happening in a couple of days. Yeah. And uh, I'm really excited about that. I've been doing... Um, I've been doing Father Calloway's consecration to St. Joseph, and it's been just wonderful. You know, a lot of new insights and reflections on St. Joseph. I mean, scripturally, he's barely there. Right. And, you know, so much of my own study and spirituality really is scripturally based. So for me, um, just reading deeper insights into the life of St. Joseph, the humility of St. Joseph, a lot of... A lot of the growing theology of St. Joseph mm -hmm. is, 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 is logic. It's logical progression. You know, sure. That was something that uh, St. John Henry Newman said about the, 
uh, the development of doctrine. It says, does it make a logical progression from one thing to the other? And one of the first so logical steps new, is, right. right, not something new, but something that just makes sense based on what is known. And something that, of course, is known is that in all of human history, Jesus could have picked anybody as his human father, mm-hmm. and he picked he picked Joseph, a just man and a righteous man. And this was the, you know, the other thing I think we can forget, at least I sometimes forget, you know, Jesus spent 30 years before he did public ministry. What was he doing? He was in his family. He was learning a trade, you know, from his dad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a lot. it's not just, uh, not just a reflection of Jesus being modeled in the image of our heavenly father, but every kid is modeled in sure. the image of their earthly father. Sure. And so a lot of the things that Jesus said about, you know, would a father hand a son uh, a snake if he asked for bread, yeah, you right? Could, you could just hear his dad doing that. Yeah, yeah his, he learned he learned that kind of generous example from his dad. You, yeah, you could almost hear his dad telling him yeah. these kinds yeah, of yeah. things, you know, just like we pass on wisdom that we learn from our father. So I've had a very, I'll, I'll be sad when it's done. I've had a very beautiful beginning of Lent, just being able to just dive into the heart of St. Joseph and the image of that, particularly as a dad, um, and and as a and as a as a deacon, actually, for those interested, I didn't mean to plug this, but I'm just realizing this. On Friday, uh, speaking with deacons, the other podcast that I do uh, has an interview with Father uh, Don Calloway, and we talk about how Saint Joseph is a really amazing image of a deacon. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, one of Father Don's insights was, yeah, he said he, you know, you know, deacons don't consecrate the Eucharist; they kneel at the altar when that's happening. And that's exactly what Joseph was doing. He was just serving the Immaculate Conception and the Incarnate Word. And uh, that's also just been another real beautiful image you for me think as I've been it, reflecting it on be, I mean, there's just the strength of character of Joseph to be able to, as you just stated, live with the Incarnation the Immaculate Conception. A, he never won an argument, not once. I mean, <laughs> right. never. It's like you right. and Jenny maybe have a discussion. Right. It's who's going to cave or whatever. It's like just whatever. Yeah. Yeah, the, I, I love the letter that the Holy Father did on on announcing the year of Saint Joseph, and a couple of things that just struck me was that that sense of his relationship. I mean, it's obvious, right? But his relationship with his father and the yeah. impact. I mean, he was just his dad, and and his dad taught him. Jesus didn't, you know, in his humanness, didn't know how to do everything, and, and Joseph taught him. But the other thing that our Holy Father spoke about was his acceptance, hmm. and, and and that's I'm always amazed by that that circumstances were not the way he would have preferred. I mean, right. you know, the way he and Mary ended up getting married and all that, I'm sure he would have preferred it another way. Yeah, um, I'm sure he would have preferred not to have to go to Egypt. I'm sure he would have preferred not to leave. But there was this ability of Joseph to be able to accept God's will and accept. I, I always talk about Christian realism that says, all right, this is the circumstances. We wished it could be different. No, no matter what is going on in your right. life, we wish it could be different, but this is where we are. Yeah. Uh, and, and, St. Joseph was able to do that, to embrace that and, and to move past that. And another line from uh, Pope Francis's uh, document on him that, I, that still resonates with me, he always did three things when the Lord spoke to him. He got up, he took the mother and child, and he did God's will. And that's, cool. that's the same invite that we all have. Like, yeah, you don't like the situation, uh, you know, and, and certainly this past year we've all been in numerous situations that we've not liked, and we would rather stomp our feet and push against it and rebel against it. Get up, take Mary and Jesus, 
do God's will. And there's Amen. a real beauty and there's a real beauty and, and grace to that. Amen. You know, speaking of holy families, uh, one of our plugs today is for uh, somebody who emailed us, Karen Fisher, two years ago. She created a ministry called Ablaze Family Ministries, Ablaze Family Ministries. There's an Ablaze Youth Ministry in Texas, but that's not it. Maybe we'll talk about that at another time. Um, but it's, um, it's a ministry that is trying to help families. Uh, it has things such as a weekly podcast, fa- short family-friendly reflections on the upcoming Mass, um, you know, just uh, you know, a video and journal series, just a lot of great, uh, great content. And we encourage you to check it out. And Kristen, we're so grateful for the ministry you're doing and giving hope to families. So that's ablazefamily.org, www.ablazefamily.org. And as you're looking for opportunities to pray more deeply, pray more deeply with your family in Lent, I'm sure you can find some great stuff there. It's already the fourth week of Lent. Isn't that crazy? I wore pink it, on Sunday. Yeah. And I'm glad you called it pink. I, I You know, people are like, it's salmon. It's rose. It's, rose. Yeah. it's pink. Do you know, Brian, Kiss, okay. Brian Kissinger, who's in Gomming, who we know, and just a great man of God, he shared, he said, he thinks the single largest reason that some men won't become priests is because of the rose vestments, the pink vestments. Really? Yeah. He said, get rid of that. And we'd have more priests. Hmm. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I sported it. You know, I, I think it's a good look. I think I and, nailed uh, it. I, I think, you know, just, hey. I know. Go for it. You nailed it. I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. I bet you look great in pink. Is that your is that your color palette? I would say, yeah. My when I'm thinking of, you know, the color seasons. Sure. Well, yeah, I'm a I'm a pink. Yeah. I'm an English summer. You have no color. <laughs> Come on, man. Okay, so Saint Joseph, I you know, it's funny, we, we were talking and I actually I think when I for those who know or maybe don't know, as friars, we pray the opposite readings, which means that we pray morning prayer, midday prayer, evening prayer, night prayer, and a thing called the office of reading, which is... When do you do that, by the way? I do. I always do office of reading early in the morning before morning prayer. Okay. Before yeah. we gather as friars. But morning that's prayer. one of those floating, you could do that right, at any time. Right, right, okay. right, right. You can do it any time during the day. But I always love uh, the, uh, the Feast of St. Joseph. And this is the first paragraph on this morning's office, or excuse me, on Friday morning's office of reading. It's from a sermon by St. Bernadine of Siena. And it just is spoken in my heart. Maybe it speaks to the heart of the people listening. It says, there is a general rule concerning all special graces granted to any human being. Whenever the divine favor chooses someone to receive a special grace or to accept a lofty vocation, God adorns the person chosen with all the gifts of the spirit needed to fulfill the task at hand. And it says, this general rule is especially verified in the case of St. Joseph, foster father Mm. of our Lord and husband of the queen of the world, enthroned above the angels. He was chosen by the eternal father. And Bob, I probably prayed over that a million times in in, in my life, and particularly as a priest. I remember within the first couple of days as being elected president, I went and found my office of reading and went to March 19th. Is that right? Yeah, because, I mean, just this sense that there's a special rule there's a special grace granted to the human being. If the Lord's going to ask you to do something, he's yeah. going to give you the grace. It's not like, Joseph, I would really love for you to do this, but you're on your own. You kind of need to work this out. I hope it works out, but you just try really hard. And it's, but if the Lord's going to ask us to do something, he's going to give us the grace. I mean, this is this is a loving father, right? Yeah. He's not going to ask us to do something and does not empower us, enable us to be able to do that. And I stand on that. I mean, when times are difficult or I'm stressed or I'm not exactly sure what I'm supposed to do, I just remind myself, okay, that, that there's a grace given to me for this particular task. And, you know, whatever that is, you know, sometimes I think we think of, you know, what is, what's the actual word he says, General Wilkinson? 
Divine favor chooses someone to receive a special grace, accept a lofty vocation. Isn't that being a husband? Yeah. I mean, is there has there ever been a time when it's hard being a husband? Yeah, sometimes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just you've a few had, times. You've had an experience day. like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But what's beautiful is actually if the Lord calls us to it, um, on one hand, he calls us to things that we can't do on our own. I mean, I would I would put marriage in that category. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like... Why would he call us to do something we could do on our own? Because that means we would just we would just do it on our own. Mm-hmm. So, you know, part of it is a recognition. I, I, it's a humility that we all need to have. Wow, I'm I'm out of my league here, but God does that so He can do it with us, so that He can be with us. And you know, like the, you know that that popular phrase, God does not call the equipped; He equips, equips the, the called. Call. Yeah. And I find that over and over in, you know, I would say married and my marriage and being a dad are the two moments that bring me to my knees the most. And I um, call upon the graces of my matrimony, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I think we've talked about that before, but it's just, it's just so important that um, we recognize that, you know, we have graces in our baptism. We have graces in confirmation. We have graces in our, our marriages. We have graces in ordination. You know, these are sacraments that we received once, but um, that that spirit is dwelling in us, and we just need to ask for it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just that idea of I'm only doing this because you called me to do mm-hmm. it, and he is faithful. He's not going to invite us to do something that's going to humiliate us and we're going to fall on our face. You know, the most important thing is we just keep saying, okay, Lord, you know, this is, this is your work. You know, this is your call. And I, I trust in you. And I think we need to do that more is, is in a sense, hold the Lord to the promises that he's made to us. Yeah. Right. So Lord, if you've called me to be married, if you've called me to be married, um, I need that grace. And, and obviously we need to be open to it and, and, Every now and then just stop and be present, be, be intentional about it. Right. And just hold the Lord to the fact that he, he said he would do this for us. Yeah. And, and I think that's, what, again, what St. Joseph reminds us is this, this amazing task that the Lord had given to him, but he was, God was eternally faithful to him. And what the Lord is calling us to do probably still looks different than what we think he's calling us to mm-hmm. do. I think that's another example of, of St. Joseph. You know, he didn't seem to have any advanced warning of all of the things, the amazing things and the challenging things that was put in his life. But, you know, I, I'm also rereading right now one of my favorite spiritual books, Abandonment to Divine Providence, which really says that in every moment, God's will is at work. And all of our anxiety in life comes from trying to reject that, reject whatever's happening because we have our own conception and accept it and find the grace in it and allow God to transform it. And that's exactly what uh, St. Joseph did. You know, he just continued to accept it, to do God's will and and his humility. I mean, he didn't say a word in scripture and uh, he just kind of, he just kind of backed off. I mean, he's a, another great example is John the Baptist when he said he must increase, increase. I mm-hmm. must decrease. I mean, Joseph didn't try to do anything of his own. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the beautiful reflections of uh, the consecration book is, um, you know, Father Don kind of reflected and he said, where did Matthew learn about St. Joseph? From Mary. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, nobody was talking about him. Um, you know, it was the, uh, 
you know, it was something that was passed on from Mary's lips to Matthew's mm-hmm. ears to write down mm-hmm. for us to continue to pray and, and reflect on. Amen. And and I think, I don't know if you can hear it right now, St. Joseph is doing his carpentry work above us. <laughs> yeah, with, it looks <laughs> like the, a, yeah, we hear the hammer a of St. Joseph. That's yeah. right, that's right. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, the music center's getting some work now, which is great. So Good. lots of Good. students that's and things so are great. happening. So, so maybe great. we're going to keep getting interrupted by holy noises. Uh, as we do our podcast, but praise Amen. God for that. Amen. Amen. Praise God for that. Amen. And just it's and and everybody to re- rejoice and to celebrate. I mean, it's it's a great feast day mm-hmm. anytime, but particularly in this year of Saint Joseph uh, on campus. There's no classes. The students get the day off. Yeah. And, uh, thank you. And, yeah, I know. I was going to say the faculty <laughs> and staff are even more happy. Uh, but really to celebrate and to rejoice and, and just take a little bit of, it's a solemnity it's to be celebrated. Just take a little bit of a break from, from Lent on that day and just really rejoice. I love it when a feast day falls on a Friday. I know, I know. The students That's already like started asking me on score. Sunday. That's right. It's just great. That's right. That's one of the things I really love about being, I love so many things about being Catholic, but that is is our liturgical cycle. There are times to fast and there are times to, to really celebrate. And, yeah. and Friday should be a day to really celebrate. Amen. 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 So we thank you for listening. We thank you for celebrating hope with us week in and week out. And uh, know that we are always praying for you and all the emails that you send us. And we pray that as we're more than halfway through Lent, as we have a great feast of St. Joseph, that God uh, can just give you the grace to inspire your life, to work in your heart, work in your marriage, work in your families, work in your priesthood, your vocation, whatever that might be. Uh, as you know, we're, we're a bit broken now, halfway through Lent, we've realized fasts we didn't yeah, stick with, right, right. uh, ideas that we had that have fallen and don't give up. Uh, this might actually be just the best time to ask yeah. God for extra grace to push you through for a joyous celebration of Easter, which is really right around the corner. Amen. And don't be discouraged. We just ask God to pour out his blessings and his grace that you'd know his peace and his, in his presence in your life. We ask that St. Patrick and St. Joseph would pray for us. May the Lord bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Have a good week, Bob. Hey, thanks you too and you too, everybody else. Hope at franciscan.edu. That's hope at franciscan.edu. Video podcasts on YouTube and lots of other great resources. We're praying for you. God bless.